Welcome. You're listening to episode five of The Path to Performance, a podcast for everyone dedicated to making the web faster. I'm Tim Cadlick. And I'm Katie Kavalson. And we are actually sort of live. I guess not live by the time this airs, but we are live in person together at Velocity Conference, um, which is exciting because it's an entire conference dedicated to performance. Yes, which has been fun. And yeah, we are we are in a, a room that we found that was unlocked <laughs> that is vacant and apparently semi-quiet. Yeah, um, and we've spent the past two, three days now um, listening to lots of really great talks and getting into the nitty-gritties on um, performance as of late. That's true. Yeah, it's... I mean, that's the thing with velocity is there's, there's, there's usually a few like that are a little bit more general, but a, a lot of the talks get very, very intense and, and go kind of down the rabbit hole on a certain topic. So it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, pretty intimidating to give a presentation as a designer to a room full of <laughs> engineers that are really focused on this stuff, um, but met a lot of really great people. And it's just really... Um, fun to be around all these people that really think about this day in and day out. So it's been good. You did awesome. You don't have anything to worry about. But yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, that's my favorite part about it. It's just being like sucked into continual performance conversations the entire time. So yeah, it's been good. It's been nice. It's been a little cooler than I would have expected from California. Oh yeah. It's like really cold here. I don't know how, uh, you San Franciscans, uh, Santa Clarians, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bay Area folks um, deal with this. This is not summer to me. No, I've I've been told that it's usually like upper. I mean, it's like upper seventies. So I think that honestly, the Californians. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep wording it differently every time. I I think personally, they're being kind of wimpy. Um, it's pretty. It's warmish. And that's when the podcast turned to the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're listening to the path to weather. I don't know. That could be a horrible name. Anyway, conference has been fun. Some good talks. You know, I enjoyed the the font one from Zach. It was good. Uh, Steve Sados had a really nice design and performance one, which fit very nicely with what we do on the podcast. You yeah. guys should totally check out the video when that comes out. Although, actually, I think he gave it at Fluent. I think there's a video out for that already. It's a really good talk, um, and it is perfectly aligned with this sort of thing. Yeah, so, definitely worth checking out. For sure. Today is really fun. We have a really, I think, um, different interview than we typically have had in that we hear from Nationwide, which is a much larger organization than um, we usually talk to, and also they're just in the early stages of trying to figure out what that culture looks like. So I think that they have a lot of um, really interesting stories to share about sort of the more foundational aspects of really what it's like to um, get started with thinking about performance. Yeah, I think it's definitely a different perspective than we've had on before. Um, partly because you said, like you said, the scope and partly because, yeah, they're, they're, they're new to it. So they're kind of fleshing it out as they go, which um, is really interesting to hear their perspective. I, I think we're going to, I think we even, you know, probably are going to have to follow up with them a little bit after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So cool. Let, let's go talk to them. Sounds good. And now we're excited to have Brian Green and John Hoyt from Nationwide Insurance uh, join us on the podcast. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Hello. 
Pretty good. Can't complain. Things are going well at Nationwide. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> can you uh, can you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, just give us a little bit of background on Nationwide as well as you know what each of your roles are there? Yeah, sure. Um, so Nationwide um, is, you know, I think largely known uh, primarily as an insurance company, but we do a lot more than that, um, you know, including financial services, um, and banking, uh, Fortune 100 company located in Columbus, Ohio. Myself, I'm uh, my title is uh, creative technologist on the user experience team, and our team's uh, comprised of about a little less than seventy people currently, but we're growing, and um, it's an exciting time to be in user experience inside of a large organization like this. Yep, and I'm a web user experience designer and sometimes front end developer. <laughs> sometimes front end developer. <laughs> So you, you, you sit on two different teams or? Yeah, it's the same team, just role specific, depending on what needs to be done at the time. So Nice. Uh, so are you, are, you, are you on separate teams or are you on the same team, yeah, the two of you? Just to clarify. We're on the same team, yep. Okay. And you said about 70 people, you said? Yeah, so our team is uh, kind of a holistic user experience approach, uh, content strategist, researchers, web uh we call them creative technologists or front-end developers. Plus, we have visual designers and interactive designers, information architects. It's a big oh, team. Yes, yeah. it is. And Very <laughs> thorough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's actually one of the things that I think is most interesting to me. Is like, uh, and I think would be you know just to get a little bit more of perspective here is the scale at which Nationwide is operating. You have you know you have seventy people on this team, and I imagine you have numerous different teams and people involved in touching different components of the website, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, so, I mean, Nationwide as a whole is over 30,000 people. Um, I think our IT organization might be north of 3,000, I believe. Uh, So a very large IT organization. Um, You know, and I think that when you realize the scale, you know, I'm I'm still sort of absorbing. I've been here almost five years. I'm still absorbing the scale of what Nationwide uh, operates under. Uh, you know, so you have Nationwide.com, of course, which is just primarily our marketing uh, marketing site. But then, I would say no less than another forty or fifty different websites that we manage minimum. Um, you know, so if you imagine you're an insurance agent selling our product, then there are dozens of applications that you might need for. Uh, personal insurance, uh, commercial insurance, you know, all those types of life insurance. So each of those have separate applications that need to be uh, maintained. And so that's why our, our user experience team is so large is because we are maintaining, you know, mm-hmm. just dozens of dozens of different applications across the enterprise. So some, some yeah. publicly visible and some not, you know, I think that probably about 80% of what we do may never even be seen by the public uh, because it is just meant for internal and, and, and insurance agents and financial advisors. Yeah, that kind of scale is that that's staggering. That's you said three thousand people. That's about two thousand nine hundred ninety nine more than the official Tim Catholic LLC. <laughs> you get yeah, there one day. Yeah, that's a really big team. Yeah, it's huge. And I, you know, I, I joined the team a year and a half ago, and I think we were about forty five people. So within a year and a half, we've added another twenty five, and by the end of the year, we'll be upwards of seventy to eighty. So what's the culture sort of like? Uh, I mean, it sounds like you have some pretty thorough, specific roles um, that are doing really cool things. 
Like, what are some of the things that you're thinking about? And as this team is growing, like, how is everyone getting onboarded with all of those many, many sites and things? That is a great question. Uh, honestly, the, the team has been around in, in this existence for only a couple of years now. So we're really just getting on. Think of us as like an internal agency for Nationwide. So a lot of our business partners just didn't know about our department or about user experience as a whole really until the past few years. So we've gone through quite a bit of a cultural change in terms of how we engage with them. You know, before they might engage directly with IT about a project, but now they're realizing that they need to engage with this user experience team. And then we'll reach out and engage with IT throughout the process. So there's so, I mean, I think we're still figuring it out, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think, you know, as we continue to grow, just is our current, um, you know, is the model even sustainable, right? I mean, I think that, you know, I, I don't know how, how big we'll grow, and, you know, I think that there's some going to be some limits there. But I think, um, you know, we're in a great spot right now where we kind of, um, you know, have more work than resources. And so we're able sort of to, you know, we have a great leadership team managing all of that around, um, you know, who's right for which projects and what projects do we want to take on and which ones do we, you know, just sort of have to turn down at this point because of lack of resources, so. And how does, uh, how are you, are you actively maintaining and sort of uh, promoting performance across that, that widespread, diverse group of, of people? I think we're starting. Um, I, I know that, um, you know, it seems to sort of crop up um, every now and then, you know, I think that, you know, when, we, when, a, when um, a negative experience happens, I think that performance sort of, uh, you know, pops up in the conversation. And I think that it's... Um, Sort of, I'm taking it on, sort of as a as a personal uh, effort to, to to you know keep, keep that conversation going throughout not only user experience but also with our IT organization. So um, you know while we have a very large user experience team, we don't actually you know we we don't have um, we don't write the the production code right. So our IT partners will be you know the ones actually in the code writing. So they're ultimately responsible for the front end performance. And so I think that we are still trying to figure out culturally, where does user experience play a role in front end experience, you know, front end performance, knowing that we don't have direct influence over that, you know, that that is is ultimately our IT partners are the ones that have to um, sort of take that on and, and, and make that an important priority. And I think that we're still, we're still getting there. So this is actually interesting. I think, um, I mean, we, we talked to Etsy, which is a large, large organization, but I think nationwide, it sounds like you don't have your teams as closely, you know, sitting next to each other and able to talk about this stuff. So that is a, an interesting problem to pose of having the people that are developing it um, not being right next to you. Um, so what are the challenges uh, of that? Um, do you get to talk to them regularly or is it kind of like we did this thing and here you go? Yeah, I I think it's a lot of conversation. I think that what we've found is that um, I think one of the the biggest challenges is because there are so many agile lines working on different applications and they may not necessarily um, may not necessarily talk to one another that often. So we might have a success. We might have a particular team, let's just say nationwide.com, for example, you know, the, the, the team that's assigned to that, you know, we've, we, we've really dive deep with them. We got them caring about, front-end performance, they're, you know, really hitting the mark. 
but that's as I sort of said, you know, at the scale that we are, that's one team and one asset, and there's another another hundred assets and another hundred teams that we have to uh, sort of convince as well. So I think we're sort of taking the uh, gorilla approach is sort of starting small, starting with um, one team and getting those small wins, and then that can then sort of serve as a case study. And one thing I've noticed is that it really works well here at Nationwide is being able to have a good story to tell with the success with one particular team and other IT groups seem to latch on to that and be able to um, see the value of that. And, and so they take a lot of, um, you know, they, they take, they give a lot of credit where, where you, where you can be able to prove um, success in another area of the organization. So. so I'm really, yeah, I'm really interested in hearing that story. Um, like what the story was that you may have been able to tell out of, you know, getting that team invested. But first, I'm actually curious, like, how did you, how did you get that team on board? I think each team's going to be a little bit different depending on just the, the, I don't want to say necessarily politics, but just how those teams are structured. And when I think through, sometimes it's a, it's better to go through official channels and, you know, we're going to make front end performance a requirement and we're going to, you know, really um, measure against these things and we're going to test against these things um, but that kind of comes with a lot of extra overhead and um, uh, cost, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, if we're going, you know, if, if I went to our IT partners and say, we, you know, we need to start testing for front end performance, and that's something you've never done before, well, that's going to be an additional cost, you know. And, and now, now it's a, a harder conversation to have about trying to get that part of the, the process. And so, uh, the the other way is just to sort of, you know, build it into the process, sort of like what we've tried to do with accessibility is, um, you know, that we're, we're just building the web. We're not, you know, I don't want to chunk it into, um, you know, front, you know, just code and then layer on accessibility, layer on front-end performance. I think that they all just need to be just the way that we build the web. And um, I kind of liken it back to, um, you know, when we, when you know, back in the day when we designed sites and tables and then we started moving to, to divs and a better, more semantic way of, of coding sites, that wasn't an additional cost, right? It's just the way that you actually build sites. And so I think that we've had more success in that route is um, sort of at the developer level, not, you know, trying to go above them, have them um, start caring about front-end performance and just building into their workflow, Mm -hmm. even though we may not necessarily be able to test it because of the costs associated with it and the tools. Interesting. So uh, once once you had them sold on that, and you were saying that you had, you know, having a story to tell, was there a story you were able to tell coming out of that first group um, that you're able to now turn around to other groups and say, you know, here's what we did and look what the impact was. Have you come across that story yet? Or is that still sort of an in-progress thing? Yeah, I, I would say it's still in progress. And I think that, I think we're realizing that the different stories you need to tell to different groups, right? So, um, you know, IT, we can have a, a tool based conversation, a technology based conversation, um, and really dig into the weeds. But then, you know, if we think that we need funding in order to make this sort of, you know, push through it at a, at a larger scale, now that conversation then has to kind of move over to business. And, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily care about performance budgets and kilobytes and HTTP requests, you know, that they're going to care about different things around revenue and, and um, speed to market, things like that, and user experience. You know, we start thinking about perceived performance and, um, you know, making sure that what we envisioned actually gets implemented. Um, so there, there's a few different stories that need to be told. And I think we're still in the process of sort of you know, 
formulating those at this point. You know, one thing that I've noticed is that is how we is how we market it. You know, for our business partners, you talk uh, about SEO. That's you know they love SEO, and you start explaining that performance has a large impact on SEO now, and they're going to quickly perk up and take notice, and performance will, will get on the radar much much quicker. So I think we're learning as a, as a department on on how to market these different issues, how to market user uh, experience or how to market this, this idea of performance and, and really showing them what it's going to do to the bottom line. So you're both, um, at least some of the time, if not all the time, UX designers, um, you mentioned that that was kind of part of your roles. What are some of the things in your projects? Uh, Brian, you mentioned that, you know, you try to just like do what you can um, for now and hopefully that spreads. What are some of those things that you were looking for as you design and take into consideration um, to try to make performance part of what you do? Um, Go ahead, John. Oh, I was going to say, you know, from our perspective, one of the things from, I mean, I'm a a visual designer and, and um, as as my primary role here, and it's this idea of, of perceived performance compared to actual performance. And I know within our department here, that's something that we can really play around with is playing around with, you know, this idea of, you know, click states or animations, things of that nature that gives this user an idea of something is going on. Because, you know, in the end of the day, we're not actually responsible for any code that goes to production. So it's a little, it's a little challenging in that regard. So I think we're trying to figure things out still. How do you communicate that? I know it's kind of hard for designers to abstractly be like, here's an animation idea that I have. What are some of those things that you communicate? Do you like mock them up in Keynote or something? Yeah, so in, in projects I've worked on, I've actually created prototypes that um, kind of speak to these different um, animations and interactive, I guess, micro-interactions is, is the term I'd, I'd probably want to use there. And we can then uh, bring that prototype to our um, IT partners and literally sit down and walk with them through about what we're expecting out of this um, animation or out of uh, a loading screen or uh, any, 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 any of that type of content element. So we're maintaining, you know, component libraries, we're maintaining prototypes, and then we can use those to build in the requirements, and then we take that to our uh, IT business partners. That's awesome. And I think the challenge with it, sometimes the challenge with that is that we don't know what those wait times are going to be. You know, I think that, you know, while we're in prototype mode, <laughs> you know, everything's a lightning fast, uh, yep. you know, but as you sort of move into the complexities of the, of the applications that we're building, uh, you know, I think, you know, marketing website that is relatively static is one thing. But when you start getting into being able to manage your policy online, pay your bill and all the complexities that come with that, uh, you know, we just don't know early in the early stages of our design process, where are going to be the pain points of, uh, you know, a particular, when you hit that continue button, you know, we don't know how many different systems we have to, you know, that have, that has to be touched uh, in order to get the data back. And, and so that's where, uh, you know, really when we're embedded with the line <clears throat> during development, are those things sort of get um, uh, revealed to us. It's sort of like, uh, so when you click continue, it's going to take about eight seconds. Should we tell the user that something's going on? <laughs> yeah, we need to come up with something for that. You know, so I think it's those types of things where we just don't know until, and I don't even think IT necessarily knows until they actually build it and see, um, you know, what they're dealing with as far as complexity of the backend systems. And then they'll come back to you and say, here's some 
things that are lagging? Do you guys have ideas? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you know, for a current project that I, I, I worked on this past year, there were a number of services that could take upwards of a couple minutes to get back. And so, you know, our basic approach was anything that takes more than four or five seconds, we need to let the user know that it's going to take that long. And then we can write any kind of content surrounding it if it's going to take even longer. So that we're setting up the expectations before an interaction actually happens. And so they're not surprised when they're not seeing a change as quickly as they think they should be seeing it. Wow, a couple minutes? <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Uh, I'm curious, did you do any experimentation or uh, testing sort of around that four to five second notification or like it, or how you might display that content? Any sort of A-B experiments or anything just to figure out how to best let the user know that this is going to be a while and you might want to buckle in for a bit? Yeah, I think some of the guys on our team are working in uh, this idea of, you know, faking wait times in these prototypes. And so when we go to test that the user is not actually having the, the best experience possible, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we're trying to maybe say, hey, these wait times could be a, a, number of, a, a number of seconds. So let's build that into a prototype and see how the user reacts to it and see what kind of content or what kind of design interaction that surrounds that wait time that we'll need to, to, to think about. And so we can test it and then um, and retest it later on for validation. Yeah, so we like to take, uh, yeah, I think that, that that's spot on, John, because I think that we, um, you know, traditionally, even within the last, you know, it's only been within the last six months or so that we have started building in these artificial wait times on the prototype uh, when user testing. So we've got uh, a testing lab, um, here at Nationwide that, you know, almost just about everything that we design gets tested with the, with the users, which is just uh, an amazing luxury that we have here that um, is just, you know, super awesome that we have that ability to do. But I think that, you know, what we're, do- what we're starting to do is, you know, with, with prototyping, with the creative technologist role on the UX team, being able to, to build out responsive prototypes so that we can take those into user testing. And now we're sort of layering on top of that, be building in more realistic scenarios that we're able to, to test with users and get their feedback on. Um, th- there's a project right now where, again, the wait wasn't several minutes, but it was, it was sending a lot of data to a lot of different places and it takes a while to get back. And so we're playing with different, different animations, different content. You know, do you, um, since it is such a long wait, do we display a button telling them, okay, we're done now go on to the next one. Or do we auto advance them to the next page when it's done? So we're able to test those types of things in the lab and be able to get feedback from users and then hopefully influence the, the build space. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I think that's one of the, um, that's one of the areas where we could really use a lot more exploration and, and uh, data around, honestly, mm-hmm. is just kind of that whole, you know, how do you manage the user expectations and how do you um, improve the perception of things when they're, you're operating at that sort of a delay? Like, what do you do and what works? Uh, were there, I'm, I'm curious how far along that experiment is because frankly, I would love to hear the results. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that we just wrapped up testing this week, so I, I don't have any results yet, but I think that, um, you know, that it is able to, to be able to manage expectations, right. In, in the lab and be able to see, <clears throat> be able to get feedback from users that, that it is going to take a while, which honestly, probably even within, you know, within the last year or so that we wouldn't have known, right? So we would have just built a prototype where you, 
where you hit submit and then, you know, within less than a second later, because it's a local host, <laughs> everything, you know, everything magically appears. And now uh, because of our, you know, we are working better and closer with IT and being able to understand. And so, um, you know, part of a key part of the design process is meeting with um, our IT partners and talking with them about the various screens and the complexities that might happen. Um, and so we're able to just now within the last, like I said, last few months, be able to start building that that in to be able to um, give a more realistic testing scenario for for our research team. Yeah, I think this is a really um, interesting perspective where it's kind of like it is what it is. It, it takes a couple of minutes for some things. Um, so mm-hmm. how can we make that better? Because we can't necessarily make it way faster. So I think that's awesome that you're figuring out how that perception um, can be better and kind of going a different route about performance rather than let's just rewrite everything and make it faster. Okay. Let's manage those expectations to kind of get around that. Yep. I also think that's wildly important. Like that step of uh, making the testing scenarios, the user testing scenarios more realistic and, and introducing those artificial delays to mimic reality. Like, uh, so many times, you know, when I look at a site that comes out and it's obnoxiously slow on a 3G network or, you know, whatever it happens to be, like the first thing that crosses my mind is there's no way anybody within the organization looked at this in a realistic environment because it would have never gone live. Uh, so I absolutely love that you're prototyping performance. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think we're excited about it. And I think that, um, you know, as as you know, we get smarter about understanding you know, what's happening on the back end, right? So I know that, you know, sort of going back to those conversations that we're having with IT, I think that one of the hurdles that we have is, you know, the difference between front-end performance and back-end performance, right? And so we kind of go back to those, you know, and I don't want to keep using minutes. I think that that's, you know, that's a rarity, but, you know, there could be, <laughs> you know, seconds, right? You know, but in the front-end performance world, you know, it's it's milliseconds. And, you know, having that conversation with IT and making them care about, milliseconds instead of seconds, I think it's going to be sort of challenging as we, as we continue to start having or continue these conversations. Um, you know, I think, I think the story seems to be, it's let's not make it any worse. You know, we know that you guys are working (laughs) on the back end, right? I mean, and that's what they're saying is, you know, that they're continually focusing on, you know, they're focusing on the back end, let us focus on the front end as much as we can. Uh, and then hopefully we'll meet in the middle and make a better user experience for, for our customers. What I've actually, Oh, go ahead, Katie. I I just was going to dig a little bit more into this testing because it's fascinating. And honestly, I don't do as much testing as I should. How um, in-depth do you get with different devices? And do you kind of fake different um, connection speeds, like for mobile, like to mention 3G? Um, do you kind of have different artificial delays and in inflation, um, different levels of it? Or what all kind of goes into it? Um, you know, I know for the for the one test that we're currently running that we do have a, a randomization of the wait time. And so that's something that we've started adding. And, and unfortunately, we don't know what that wait time will be. So it's not really a controlled environment, uh, you know, where we say, well, this user is going to have a 3G experience and this user is going to have a, you know, a, you know, a Ethernet experience or what have you. So, you know, what we have sort of said, OK, well, this wait time could be between 45 seconds and a minute. Uh, so we randomize that wait time and, and, you know, each user is a little bit different, but I think it is an interesting thought to, to 
be able to control and throttle speed based on based on uh, different connection speeds and sort of as John was talking about you know perceived performance I think that one thing that I am personally hoping to start getting to in the lab is being able to more closely mimic the page load uh, you know so sort of there's all sorts of rest calls and, and Ajax and things and and so pages don't just you know, appear, you know, I, you know, within, within those words seconds, you know, you might get the header, then the, you know, you might get the header and footer instantaneously, but now the, for the middle of that page, we have to go out and make a, you know, several backend calls and pull that data through, uh, you know, JSON or what have you. And that takes a, you know, a little bit longer. Um, I think it's going to be interesting sort of as we're starting to use, you know, more prototyping tech, you know, we're starting to use handlebars and being able to, uh, you know, make, you know, more uh, componentize our prototypes, even, during the prototyping phase, if we're able to throw the header and footer instantaneously, and then wait one or two seconds and throw up uh, the, the middle, you know, the content page, uh, I think that's a sort of an interesting idea that you know we aren't currently doing, but I think it's something that interests me, and I think it'll be interesting to see how if we're able to bake that into future tests. Is it almost kind of like? This might be like a, a weird stretch of an analogy, but like media queries, but for time delays, like if it's going to take this long, we'll present these things to help their perception. And if it only takes this much, we might just do like one of those things or something like, I don't know if that's like totally <laughs> a, a, a stretch, but um, just the way that testing could be, I don't know. No, I follow that. So, like different solutions for different time delays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't explored that within our testing, and to be honest, I think a lot of that is is we try to be as realistic as possible in terms of what we have in our prototype to actually what will be live once it goes through IT. So, I think we're kind of hesitant to do a lot of that, just simply because of how often that's going to be like the first thing to go right in terms of. You know, uh, if 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 all of a sudden you know we're not having the money that we need, or um, the project's going long, so getting really really specific, uh, it can get really tough. It's it's great to mm-hmm. it's great to test with, but in, at the end of the day, I think something that specific probably wouldn't make it to the <laughs> made to the finish line. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So something like that is something that might happen maybe six nine months a year down the road when you've built up, hopefully, uh, you know, if, if things go extremely smoothly, you've built up a culture of performance that spreads through several teams and management yep. levels and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, as we grow and as more of our business partners find out about us, the sooner in the project lifecycle that we're going to get engaged and, you know, things like performance can start being talked about much sooner in that discussion. Yeah, I think a huge hurdle that uh, will really help, and I we're just at the beginning stages of this. Is sort of this the the way that these project life cycles occur. Uh, you know that there's just that big redesign sort of phase, right? I mean, a lot of these applications may not be touched for a number of years, and then they get redesigned, and then they just kind of go. I don't want to say hibernation, you know, but you know they just kind of you know just okay, we've done the giant redesign. Now let's just, uh, you know, just keep the lights on. And, and I think that we are getting closer to being able to have a story to tell around needing the money to be able to work on performance continually. Uh, you know, I think that I've had numerous conversations with, you know, IT leadership around, 
you know, not necessarily front-end performance, but when you think about browser testing, right? Uh, you know, that um, not that long ago, there was, you know, Internet Explorer, Firefox, and maybe Chrome. You know, you know, if you go back a few years before Chrome was even around, the churn of these versions of browsers just wasn't that great. And so IT was able to build something once and just sort of assume that it would, it would um, be fine. But now, you know, Chrome releasing every, what is it, six weeks, iOS coming out every year, Android coming out, the fragmentation with Android. So I think that those conversations are helping keep the build cycle going and you know that we need to continually test. And I think the next, the next phase is that being able to convince IT that not only should we be browser testing, but we also need to be, you know, performance testing and accessibility testing as well. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, do you have any, so I assume it sounds like you're fairly early on in this still. So do you have any sort of ongoing monitoring in place yet? Something like a speed curve or a new relic or, you know, something like that, that's at least, if not actually um, enforcing anything, that's just kind of keeping a baseline of where you're at. Yeah, and I think the challenge, I think we are definitely early in the challenge. And again, I haven't had a chance to dig into those different products. I definitely have taken a look at them, but so many of our applications are behind the login, right? So, I mean, you have nationwide.com, and, you know, we have a handful of, of assets or websites that, you know, you can just go to and spider and be able to, you know, they're publicly accessible, but pretty quickly, um, like I said, you know, the mass majority of our projects are either internal only, you know, you can't even access them outside of, you know, the firewall because they are just sort of an internal asset or, you know, behind a login. And so I think that those are, you know, sort of challenges that um, I think some companies probably have figured out, uh, imagining that, you know, that they are at the scale that they're catering towards enterprise companies, that they uh, have figured out those types of things. But I just haven't dug deep enough to understand, you know, those capabilities around being able to to send a fake username and password that actually has data associated with it behind behind a login. So you've mentioned that your team, um, sort of like your mini agency, as you called it, is still mm-hmm. fairly new. Has Do you all share the same view of performance or are you still kind of getting other people to think about it in their work? And what are some of the wins or challenges with doing that? I think luckily our, our UX department as a whole, user experience department, has uh, has the same the same viewpoint that we do, and we're definitely you know we're not in a situation where we're having to twist the arms of our own leadership to to get them on board with performance. So really, I think we're trying to equip them with ways of going about and influencing our business, their business partners, to get on board with that. So I think we're kind of in this educational realm where we're trying to educate our leaders and get them on board. So I think we're still trying to figure out how to do that because it's, as I said, as we've said, it's, it's still so new with our own department and performance as a whole, really, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we haven't gotten to the maturity point yet where we would say, um, you know, we are not going to design a page with, you know, a, a carousel, <laughs> You know, uh, you know, you know, high res images and something else, right? I, mean, I think without that page, you know, because we don't know what the performance budget is going to be early in the design phase, right? I mean, we can prototype it, and we have an idea, but I think that so much of it is reliant on our IT partners to execute those things in a in a smart way. Where, you know, if we only load, you know, the carousel that's at the bottom of the page after the user scrolls, you know, now that's sort of a different conversation. So I think that, you know, making sure that IT cares enough about it that we can be a little bit more liberal in our design decisions and, and trust that they are going to be able to execute them in a way that 
uh, you know, is performance minded versus, you know, having the, having the, uh, the worst case scenario where, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. So we're just going to um, design something that we know can be built uh, in a way that has performance in mind. Well, this all sounds like, I mean, this sounds, it sounds fascinating. I, th- I don't think we haven't talked to anybody at this scale. We haven't, I don't think talked to anybody who is um, not yet, that is is at the stage that you're at where you're you're still sort of getting things off the ground and you've got this this you know long mm-hmm. road ahead of you in terms of selling it within the company so it's really interesting to hear the challenges you're facing and the things you're trying and things that aren't working um and it also feels honestly like something like you know i i think that this makes something that maybe you know 9 months down the road Katie and I should probably call you back up and get you back on the <laughs> yeah. podcast to see all right yeah. so how did this go now that you tried all this stuff Yep. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, nine months sounds about, about the right time frame to to move the thing, you know, move the needle a little bit. So I think that I I've learned that um, you know getting things done quickly, um, you know, can be challenging, and there's always those priorities, right? So I mean, I know that we were uh, we were working on a project, and you know, something security related came up, you know, and, and they needed funding in order to you know make something more secure. And, you know, and so I think that, you know, when you think about our offering of insurance, financial banking, that, you know, I think that security is almost always going to take uh, take precedence. And so, um, you know, it'll be sort of interesting to see, you know, I think that we just kind of hope for uh, hope for the best as things move on. And hopefully no one slots out in front of us that we're able to uh, to continue the conversation and, and um, you know, sort of steer, steer the ship a little bit. Yeah, yeah it seems like you're doing... Um an awesome job already of getting at least like the testing and everything in place and your team's thinking about it. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So we've, uh, we've got you penciled in, in nine months, we're going to come back and we're going to expect to hear um, incredible uh, stories and and case study metrics. Does that sound fine? We'll hold you to it here publicly. (laughs) It sounds good. You have a lifetime movie a year afterwards. (laughs) Nice. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast, John and Brian. If uh, people want to follow along afterwards and, and check in on you over the course of the next nine months, uh, where should they go? Are you guys uh, are you on Twitter? Do you guys, do you write uh, blog posts on anything that you're doing? Or um, so I'm at Brian W Green um, on Twitter. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a blog, and I think it's sort of unfor- you know, when you sort of think about the nature of nationwide, I think, um, not being an agency, although we are an internal agency, you know, we sort of, uh, you know, are sitting inside of a, a pretty conservative company that we're starting to think about being able to put out some, some things, uh, whether officially or unofficially, you know, so I think that we'll kind of see how that, that sort of moves as well as if, um, nationwide starts thinking that it's, uh, in, in our best interest to sort of be able to start communicating more externally about the things that we're doing. And I have to call it Nationwide. So obviously Nationwide.com. And then I'm on Twitter as well at uh, John Sherman Hoyt. Fantastic. And yeah, well, hopefully we'll see. It would be awesome to see Nationwide being very vocal about some of the things they're doing, because it sounds like you've got some interesting things coming up. So, yes, let's let's hold our breath for a a Nationwide dev blog. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you both so much. This was awesome. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Path to Performance podcast. 
Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or on our site, pathtoperf.com. You can also follow along on Twitter at Path to Perf. Uh, we'd love to hear what you thought, so feel free to drop us a note on Twitter or leave a raving and overly kind review on iTunes. Uh, we'd like to read those. Uh, and if you'd like to talk about being a guest or sponsoring a future episode, feel free to email us at hello at pathtoperf.com. <laughs>